How you guys doing? Let's go. Awesome. Super Bowl Sunday in the house. Chiefs, they're going to the Super Bowl yet again. Wow, it's old news. All right. Gosh, Chiefs. And, and as I promised, if the Chiefs made it to the Super Bowl, I would wear a Chiefs shirt. So I'm a man of my word. And uh, celebrating with you guys, they're going to cement their dynasty today um, with a win, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, awesome. And today's Group Sunday, which is awesome. We get to have that tailgating theme. It's going to be fun. We're going to have food after the service, grab some food, sign up for a group, get plugged into community, celebrate together. Good stuff. It's okay to have fun in church, right? Yeah. Yes, it's good. It's wonderful to have some fun. I think a lot of times in our faith, um, it, we, we get so serious sometimes, and uh, God invites us to a life of joy and peace and praise where we get to celebrate him, celebrate everything that he's done. Sure, there is hardship for sure in life, absolutely, but we have the source of life itself, Jesus. He is life. And so we get to encounter him and everything that comes from that, the, the peace, the joy, the love, the fulfillment, the contentment that is found in the presence of God, right? What does it say about his presence? His fullness of what? Joy and pleasures forevermore. Man, that's the God that we serve. We're invited into that. And one of my favorite hymns of all time is Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee. You guys like that one? It's such a great hymn, but I love the first verse. I mean, listen to these words. It says, joyful, joyful, we adore thee, God of glory and Lord of love. So we're taking our attention, we're giving it to him. And then it says, hearts unfold like flowers before the opening to the sun above. That is one of the best imageries I've ever, I've ever heard of or illustrations of what happens to our hearts in the presence of the living God. And when we're in God's presence, it's like our hearts become this rose that opens to the sunlight, right, and takes it in. There's something that happens when we get around God because our hearts were literally made for him, for relationship with him. So when we get in God's presence, our hearts unfold to his light and to his love, and there's fulfillment. And then he says, melt the clouds of sin and sadness Drive the dark of doubt away. Giver of immortal gladness. Fill us with the light of day. And isn't that good? Man, way to go, Charles Wesley. So powerful. And we're invited into that. Jesus invites us in to his presence. And what's amazing is there's something unique that happens when we come together around Jesus lifting him up and coming into the presence of God as a community. There is a unique sense of joy and life that comes from worshiping together, right? That doesn't happen when we're on our own. And so that's what's so unique about this community is we get to come together, experience the life of God with one another, and then continue to perpetuate that by speaking into each other's lives, lifting each other up in the Lord, and keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. That's his redemption story. That's the end game, right? Presence with God forever, gladness, immortal gladness forevermore. 
And we get to experience that even today. We can taste and see that he is good. So the title of my message today is Joyful. Joyful. Full of joy. That's what God invites us into. And that's what happens when we experience true community. So today is a special day. We have group Sunday happening afterwards. And then another thing I want to remind you all of is our word for the year. You guys remember our word for the year? Anyone want to give a stab at it? Welcome. Yeah, let's go. It's because it's still early. No, Um, no, but welcome. That's right. Our word is welcome. Welcoming Jesus and others into our hearts and homes. That's our aim for this year, to welcome Jesus and others into our hearts and homes. And we're asking the question, how have I welcomed the presence of Jesus into my heart and into my home this week. And we're just asking that every week. How, how have I done that? How have I been intentional to welcome his presence into my heart, to open my heart to him like that flower unfolding, right? How have I done that this week? And how have I invited Jesus into my home, into my marriage, and to my family, and to the people that I'm, I'm doing life with, my coworkers? How have I invited him into those spaces? And then the other question is, how have I invited other people into my heart? Have I lived vulnerably and authentically with others, prioritizing empathy and care in authentic relationships? Am I doing that? Am I inviting, letting people into what's going on in my heart? And am I letting people into my home? (laughs) Am I letting them in or am I barring them at the door, right? Opening our homes to one another. And that's what small groups are all about. That's the idea of groups. It's inviting people into our hearts, living intentionally. That's one of our Values is authenticity, cultivating empathy, vulnerability, and care in authentic relationships, right? So authenticity, we want to do that. That happens in a group. We get into a small group of people. We commit to faithfulness to each other, and we share our lives together, right? And then also, we're inviting them into our home. Our small group literally goes to different homes uh, of the people in our group, and we're inviting them in to our home. It's a great way to do that so we can live into our word for the year. And that's what I loved about awakening season. The awakening season was inviting God into our hearts, creating space with prayer and fasting and inviting him into those places. And now we're flipping the script a little bit and we're inviting others. That's what we're going to be focusing on in the next series. Starting next week, we're going to start a series on the body of Christ. We're going to talk about what is the church How do we function? What is God calling us to do as a community together to represent him on this earth? Uh, So that's going to be fun. But today we're going to kind of lead into that, kind of ramp into that. And I want to talk about the joys of sharing life together. Does that sound good? All right. So we're going to start Nehemiah chapter 8. And so give you a little context for what's happening here. Okay, so the Israelites, they were taken off in exile to Babylon. They had conquered Jerusalem because of Israel's rebellion against God. And so they carried him off to Babylon, exiled. They weren't where, uh, in their home, in their homeland, in Jerusalem, in, in Israel. And so for years they're there, and then the Persian Empire takes over, and then God does something amazing, and he gives them favor with the people and with the king. And so they're able to come back to their land in Jerusalem and rebuild the temple, which is a huge deal. They're able to resume worship to God once again. And then Nehemiah's story comes along, and he gets permission to go and rebuild the wall in Jerusalem to keep them safe so people can dwell in the land and not be just 
attacked all the time. And so they, they overcome all these different obstacles. It's a long story. It's amazing. You have to read it. Read Nehemiah. It's wonderful. Uh, and Nehemiah is a great uh, picture of leadership as well. Um, but they, they finish this amazing task of rebuilding the wall. And I mean, they're literally like have a sword in one hand and a trial in the other and like fighting off attackers while rebuilding the wall. Crazy stuff. But they get it done. And this is where we pick up our story. They had gathered together in the city center in the square. And we're talking about thousands of people. Okay. They come together and look at what happens in verse 5. It says, Ezra opened the book. And then we're talking about the word of God. Right, the law of the Lord. He says, oh, he opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. Isn't that so cool? The respect and honor for the word. They all just stand. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, amen, amen. Then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the, gra- to the ground. Excuse me. The Levites instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. They read the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving them the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. Doesn't this sound kind of like a church service, (laughs) right? They're gathering together, they're worshiping the Lord, and then they're opening the book of the law, the word of God, and they're explaining it to the people on how to live it out. That's, That's awesome. And then it says, Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest, and the teacher of the law, and the Levites, who were instructing the people, said to them all, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Verse 10, Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still. For this is a holy day. Do not grieve. Verse 12, then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. And then verse 18 says, day after day from the first day to the last, Ezra read from the book of the law of God. They celebrated the festival for seven days and on the eighth day, in accordance with the regulation, there was an assembly. This is so awesome. Because we're seeing something unique here that I think sometimes we can skip over that's all over Scripture. The Jewish people, the Israelites, they knew how to celebrate. (laughs) They knew how to have a good time and to celebrate God. Look at the Psalms. Look at David. He was constantly praising, saying, rejoice. Clap your hands. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Dance before God. We talked about David being crazy, right? And dancing undignified. He said, I'll be humiliated in my own eyes because I'm doing it before the Lord. And there was a great joy that came with lifting up the name of God. And even in the midst of hardship, man, they were still being ruled by the Persians. They still had overcome all sorts of hardship and loss and grief. And yet still in the midst of that, they were able to celebrate with one another and lift up the name of God. And Nehemiah says, hey, the joy of the Lord is going to be your strength. And there's something unique that's going to happen when we gather together to lift up the name of Jesus. There is a joy, there's fortitude that is going to come into your life and allow you to continue to persevere and to keep God first. And so he invites them into this awesome celebration and they respond. And there is a time for mourning. There's a time for weeping. Clearly, there is. But we don't want to miss our opportunities to lift up God's name. 
to make him great. The Bible says to enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts and enter his courts with praise. He is good. And when we magnify God, it puts him in the right perspective, right? We zoom in on how big he is, then we see just how small our hardships are compared to the glory of God. And so that's something that we have when we come together. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to invite my beautiful wife, Katie, up here to join me. Can you guys give her a round of applause, please? We're going to do this together. I want to look at this passage, and we're going to look and see, okay, how do we do this? How do we take advantage of the joys of community and experience those joys together? And then we're going to do it after service. We're going to have fun and enjoy each other. So, hello. Hi. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. Awesome. (laughs) This is going to be fun, you guys. We've already decided it, so just roll roll with us. (laughs) We've already decided you're going to have fun. Are you ready? And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Why not? She's always ready. Uh, I just love you guys. It's going to be fun. Um, So, joy, right? Have you guys ever just had one of those days where it was so bad? Like just one thing after another, bad, that you just started to laugh a little bit? You were just like, okay, at this point, it's just ridiculous. Like I feel like 2024 has kind of started out that way for me. I'm like... Is it done yet? Like, it just started, okay? <laughs> like, I know, but it's like God, right? He's, he's always just pointing us to himself. So I'm so thankful to be able to do this, to be able to come together and say, hey, listen, yeah, there are hardships. But also, like, laughing and having joy and being able to put things into perspective is really, really important. Because sometimes that's what it comes down to. Like, in a day's time, just what your perspective was, like how you started it, what you thought was going to happen, and how it ended was not what you were expecting, <laughs> but having that perspective to see what God did do, even on the crazy. So the first point that we're going to talk about is how to have joy, and that's coming together. So just point number one, come together. Um, I think it's important for us to realize that community is intentionality. Like, it starts with a choice. It's not like you wake up one day and you're like, man, my marriage is awesome, you know? Like, and I I have this great relationship with my kids and everything is going great at work. Like, that took a lot of work. That took a lot of intentionality. There were a lot of choices that happened before that. And we see that in Scripture all from the beginning. Look at the very, very first book of the Bible. God said to Adam, it is not good for man to be alone. He's like, I will make a partner for him. And so he created this partner for her and, or for him. And so then the two can become one. They can become stronger. It took two of them to do this work, right? And then they had a family and then we're all here because of that. But then even Jesus, skipping ahead, right, looking at his life, he literally went out and chose 12 disciples. And like I've always wondered, if I were there, would he have chosen me? You know what I mean? Like, would I have, like, been one of the chosen ones? (laughs) That was was the right thing to say. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's a good husband move. (laughs) You chose me. Yeah, that's right. See? See? (laughs) Uh, Some days I want to know. So, uh, but Jesus, he chose those 12 disciples. And I think it, it just goes again to say, hey, would he have chosen everyone? Yes. Yes. But could he sustainably have 
a relationship with every single person that he had in his life at that time. No, like he could not sustain a, a real, genuine, authentic relationship with hundreds of people. Did he preach to the multitudes? Yes. But like when he retreated and he had space to have a conversation, to sit down, to talk about what, what God was putting on his heart, who was he going to invest in? Like there were 12 people. So he kind of had to choose who those people were. And I think that we forget that we get to choose who we do life with. And so you guys being here today means a lot because you chose to be here. Um, and that means a lot for us, you know, knowing that there are other churches out there. There are spaces that are honoring the word of the Lord and loving God. And so we want to create that space here as well. But coming together is important. Right. And that was the central piece to what they were doing with Nehemiah. The first thing they did was they gathered. And we're talking about thousands of people, but they had a unified purpose too. And, and that's, that's the next point is that, that not only did they come together, not only did they choose each other and choose to live in community, but they united around truth. Yeah. What was the reason why they came together? They were opening the word of God. They're opening the law of the Lord and they were teaching it. And so they united around truth. They had a common purpose and they had a common person that they were centering their lives around. They were orienting their lives around. They worshiped the same God. And when you have a collective group of people all saying, hey, we have the same mind, same heart, same purpose. We're lifting up the same name, which is Jesus. Man, there's something powerful that happens with that. You see that in the book of Acts, right? They were united together. And the Bible says that they met with one accord, homothumadon. That's the Greek word. <clears throat> and, they, and over and over again, you see that phrase, with one accord, in the book of Acts. And that, that phrase means having one mind, one purpose, one heart, one language. That they even spoke the same language. There was a culture of Jesus. It was a Jesus culture. You guys ever listened to Jesus culture? Yes. There you go. That's where they stole it from. Uh, <laughs> what do you know? The Bible. Um, but they were united with this common purpose, this common heart, and they were united around truth. And what's amazing about that is we're all different, right? We have different strengths, different weaknesses, different personalities. Katie and I are totally different. We have different strengths and weaknesses. And, uh, and it works out great. Yeah. You know, it, we balance each other out, right? And the body of Christ has multiple different parts doing different works, and they're all important. Um, but we have different opinions, right? We have different preferences. We have different NFL teams that we root for. Um, <laughs> He really wishes the Cowboys were there today. Uh, I know. Sad. Uh, yeah, right. Joy. Choose joy. It's okay. I'm used to it. Um, but uh, just like you, you guys are used to going to the Super Bowl. Um, so, uh, but we unite. We unite around truth. And what's, what happens when we do that is when we unite around the absolutes, Jesus, his sacrifice on the cross, his resurrection, defeating death, hell, and the grave, Right? that being adopted into God's family, that we share the same heavenly father, that we're brothers and sisters in Christ, that we're united around the truth of God's word, that by grace we are saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. And we're trusting in Jesus. He's the one who saves us. All of those things, literally the core of our entire lives, we share those in common. And then when we have differences of opinion, when we have different preferences, we're able to stay united because we're united around the absolutes. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
We are united around truth. And so it's okay for us to have some varying opinions and different preferences because the core of who we are is the same. And so, and that's what we have in, in the book of uh, Nehemiah here. And that's what we have in this church is that not only are we choosing to come together in small groups together on Sundays, but we're uniting around truth. And that draws us into a unique bond that no one else in this world has. It's pretty amazing. Well, I remember we've been places and things, too, where some of the community groups looked different, completely different. We're like, one is we're going to do a deep dive into this book of the Bible and have, like, the Greek or the Hebrew and really, like, digest, you know, the scripture. And then over here it was like, here's a group that is, like, that common grounds going golfing. <laughs> and I was like, really? You're going to go golfing? <laughs> and it's like okay, wait, like, I don't quite understand that because I'm a girl, and we want to talk, 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 talk. <laughs> but for a guy, that was, like, freedom. Like, I get to go outside being God's creation. I get to be with my friends. And then we sit down and we talk, and we have this genuine conversation and genuine relationship. And then those relationships that were established literally out on the, the green were the people that they called when they had a hardship or they were struggling with something and they said, who, who is someone that knows me, knows what I'm going through and I can actually reach out to you. They will answer the phone. They will come to help me in this time of trials. And that is amazing. And if it started like that, that's amazing. And so I would just say too, like, again, preferences or these ideals that we think and we, we put ourselves into these boxes and we limit essentially what God can do with a space because we said this is what it should look like. This is how it should be. And even that, them coming together and being in this courtyard, like they're just like, hey, we're trying to do this to the best of our ability. And another thing that I see with Jesus in the next point, which is choosing joy, um, through Thanksgiving, like Jesus chose his disciples, right? We see that. He chose his 12. He chose Judas, y'all. He chose him. <laughs> he, he was like out of all the pick. He chose Judas. And I'm like, man, why did Jesus pick the guy that he knew would one day like betray him? And again, like Jesus knew that this is about relationships. He also knew the end game and where he was going. And your community is going to be imperfect because you're dealing with people. And so when you're coming back there and you're, like, expecting to, like, come to this amazing experience or that they're going to have, like, the presence of God happening in the room because of a song, it's like you're dealing with people. Like, they had a really <laughs> hard day. Their kids, right, five minutes ago, were screaming their heads off. You know what I'm saying? And the fact that they are opening up their hearts and their homes is amazing. And be thankful. Be thankful for the people that God has put into your life. And just say, God, like, I am thankful for my husband. I am thankful for my children. I am thankful for these people that come every week and, and smile and show me love and genuine uh, relationship and authentic, you know, care. Like, they actually care about what's going on in my life. Um, but, yeah, Jesus knew, too, that he needed a Judas to get to where he was going. And so in those moments, I think, too, where you feel like, 
why did God put this person in my life? They're, they're a hardship. They're hard on me. They're difficult. And Jesus <laughs> is like, you need this person because it's working out your salvation. <laughs> like you are working out those selfish desires or those, those tendencies that are, are not of the Lord. And so your community, as much as they are like, uplifting and beneficial like I think that iron sharpening iron like that's some like striking and we have a few of those sometimes not very many you know what I'm talking about I don't know what you're talking about that's right I don't don't have any of them where where I sharpen you oh you you and me oh yeah 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 yeah, those those. like I said they don't have a raft But they're necessary, like those moments where we, we come together, we have this moment of like, I am really thankful for all the things, right? I am thankful for, for all of it. I think that's important. Right, and then and you see in Nehemiah, they, they were weeping, they, they were mourning, um, and they had to choose joy. It, it, was a, it was a conscious choice. It wasn't like they just suddenly were able to be joyful. They had to choose joy, which is a perception shift, right? And it's saying, okay, all right, a lot of things are happening. The, the poo is hitting the fan, okay, right? Um, so what can I look to that is constant and that I can give thanks for, right? And, and one of those things was the community. They can look to their community, and I'm, I'm thankful that I have this group of people around me to support me. They can look to the word of God that is constant. Right? They can look to God who is constant and who never changes and who is always good. Right? So they found things together collectively to say, okay, I'm looking to those constants and I'm giving thanks and I'm choosing joy. But in order to choose joy, I got to look at something that's going to, lift my spirit that's going to remind me of the truth of God that he is good that he is in control and that there and not forget all that he's done in my life up until that point remember right to be intentional and so that's one of the ways we choose joy is through the avenue of thanksgiving and that's in community when we need to hear each other's stories yes because when we're in it when we're in the junk it's hard to see anything but the junk right but if we have someone else there with us who can help us to lift up our eyes and remember what God has done and remember how, he's, how faithful he's been and hear their stories of what God's done in them, then we can choose joy yet again. You see what I'm saying? Having the people around us to help us choose joy. We need people. Two is better than one, right? That's what Proverbs says. Because if one falls down, the other can help them up. A three-brand cord is not easily broken right? We need each other, especially when it comes to choosing joy. We need to hear each other's testimonies. We need to be encouraged by one another, and we need people. Remember, life change doesn't happen in isolation. It happens in community. We need people around us to point us back to Jesus, and so that's what's so awesome about that. And then the next point here is, uh, is we get to celebrate with one another, so yes. we're, we're, we're coming together, we're choosing, we're intentional to choose, we're uniting around truth, we're choosing joy through thanksgiving as a community, and then we're celebrating with one another. 
right? Empathy is not just one-sided. A lot of times we think of empathy as like, oh, I'm just going to mourn with someone who mourns, right? Weep with those who weep to bear each other's burdens, and it's all hardship, and it's, I'm going to get in the pit with you. We've heard that example, right? Someone's in the pit. Empathy is getting down in the pit with them and say, hey, let's get out of it together. That's true. That is part of empathy. But empathy is also, it's feeling what someone else is feeling in times of rejoicing, in good times, when things are happening that are, that are good, and not just like, oh, that's great, yeah, good, that's, I'm so glad for you. I really actually you know? despise you for being so happy, like, right. oh my gosh, like, that's not okay. <laughs> right, you know, it's like me uh, celebrating with all the Chiefs fans, and I'm, I'm, really, I'm really happy now. No, I really am God happy is working guys. in his heart. See, a lot is happening here. I'm being refined. Um, <laughs> Um, on the outside and the inside. Um, but no, celebrating with one another, me- meaning, meaning it, yeah. right? When, when someone has success in their life, feeling that, mm-hmm. getting into that with them and saying, yeah, this is awesome. I'm so excited for you and meaning what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Engaging our hearts in rejoicing with one another. Man, that's powerful. When someone really means it, you, you guys know the difference, Right? When something good happens in your life and you tell someone, they're like, oh, yeah, that's great. I'm so happy. You're like, thanks, I guess, you know. But when someone really is excited for you, you feel seen, valued, loved. Even in the smallest things you're celebrating, someone genuinely celebrates with you. You're like, yes, wow, so they really care about me. So we celebrate with one another and celebrate each other. Look for ways to celebrate the person next to you. How can you do that? Look for something to celebrate about them. Man, I love the way you do this. I love the way you say this. I love the way you, whatever it is, finding opportunities to lift each other up. That's what we have in the community of Christ. It's amazing. Let's take advantage of that together. Celebrate with with one another and celebrate each other. I think that's really a good point as far as like, when you're around someone for a really long time, it's really easy to kind of become desensitized to the wow factor of that person. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm not saying that's in a marriage. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm saying that in general, you guys. But it does happen, like, even in marriage. Like, you're like, I'm in love. Like, we have all the feels. Everything is going good. We have a new house. We have children. We have all these things. And then, yeah, there's, there are moments where, like, you, you can become so accustomed to a person just being there being in your life and being a constant that you take it for granted. And I think we're experiencing that with a lot of the hardships and the things that have come up, you know, in people's lives is that it points that value to that person in your life. And so what he's saying as far as just saying thank you, like thank you for being here. Thank you for being in my life. Thank you for texting me. Thank you for calling me. Thank you for... Um, shouting me out at work and celebrating a moment of, like, difficulty and, like, that I was struggling and I was having one of those moments where I felt inadequate and I felt like I wasn't doing a good job. You know, as moms, we can see another mom in a restaurant and struggling with their kids. Like, I have been the recipient of a mom coming up to me and saying, you're doing a good job. <laughs> and, like, oh, my gosh, are you sure? Can I get your number? I want to get your number and talk to you. 
talk to you because I think I need you in my life. You know what I mean? But like, that's, that's amazing. And that's like where those relationships happen. You know, my brother just moved to North Carolina and he had those moments where he just talked to someone in a coffee shop and they like had an encouraging encounter. And he was like, let me get your number. Like, how can God use you to look up instead yeah. of just like always being down in our own self and our own feelings and our own hardships, being like, wow, there's a lot of people out here and they're all amazing. And I get to like celebrate them and see them and love them like Jesus. What a privilege. What an honor. And that's for my own children. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> The last point that we have for you guys with this is to have fun. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but Neil and I went through a book, and it was Your Family ID. I I suggest it's a great book. But one of the things was write down your family values. Our family value, do you remember the last one? Of course. And have fun. That's that's our family value. And so when my kids are crazy and they're like always fighting for having fun, I apologize. We've kind of instilled (laughs) that a little bit. But there is this need for joy in our lives. Like Neil and I have had those days and maybe you've had one of those where it was just so difficult, so down. That like we're sitting there in bed and we're talking about it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I saw this really funny video. I got to show it to you. We sit there, we just die laughing. One of them was um, the impromptu, like, guys. Who were those guys? The uh, skate guys? Yeah, the skate guys. No. No. The <laughs> finishing, we're getting, we're getting finishing the line. Whose line is it anyway? Whose line is it anyways? Oh, my gosh, you guys. But it was, like, the best moments of whose line is it anyways. And it was hilarious. We were both, like, crying laughing and it changed the whole mood it changed everything about that moment and we it was like two minutes you know what I'm saying but like I think that's what you were saying about opening up our heart it's saying God like I'm open I'm open to you like speaking to me right now and just showing me a better way like maybe there's a better way than what I'm doing because I'm not having fun and so is that God is it God for you to just not have fun. Now, I'm not saying that if you're not having fun at all times, then you're not in God's plan or something. Because, like you said, there's seasons and there's going to be moments. And in a day, you're probably going to experience like this oh, yeah. array <laughs> of all of it. You know what I mean? Especially if you have kids. Um, but, again, perspective. And choosing joy. Having those moments where you say, we're going to have a moment of fun here. And what I love about the Nehemiah passage is it says that the people went, he, he tells them, go. He's like commanding the people, go enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. And send some of those that have none prepared. Isn't that funny? Like, is, how often do you get commanded to go enjoy choice food and sweet drinks? Like, that's awesome. Huh? Okay. I like that they me. shared it. They were like, if someone didn't bring something delicious, go share it with that person. Because I love being the recipient of good things, too. Absolutely. Generosity. <laughs> yes. Right? It's an overflow. But that, that's awesome. You're saying, go do this. Enjoy each other. Enjoy the moment. Have fun. Enjoy. And then they did. They celebrated together. And that's awesome. It's important for us to do that. And we have that unique opportunity when we're with people. Um, What was that quote from Into the Wild? Oh, he said, happiness is only real when shared. 
There is something true to that, right? Because when you have an incredible moment, you like want to take a picture or a video, right? And like share it with somebody. You're like, hey, check this out or whatever. Or I mean, sometimes you share it with the Lord, which is awesome, but you're still sharing it with someone, right? We're meant to do that. We're meant to live with one another and, and share that with one another, have fun together. Um, a lot of times we can be hyper, super spiritual and self-serious in our lives. And yes, absolutely, following Jesus does come with a cost and it is sacrificial. But man, there is so much life to be had with each other and with God. And he invites us into the good. Every good and perfect gift, the Bible says, comes down from who? The Father of lights in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So meaning that will always be the case. (laughs) Every good gift and every perfect gift, it's always coming from him. So if you've experienced something good, if you've experienced something perfect, then guess where it came from? It came from him. Fun came from him. He invented it, right? And he invites us into that. And when we do these things, when we come together, when we unite around truth, choose joy through thanksgiving, celebrate with one another, celebrate each other, and then have fun together, man, we can experience the joys of living in true community. Amen? Yes. Amen. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to do that. We're going to have some fun. So uh, it is group Sunday, red Sunday, yes, you guys all wore your stuff. Uh, you guys get to celebrate even more later today, hopefully. Uh, you're not crying tonight and having sorrow. Um, hey, choose joy. You guys got to have choice foods right. and be with people you love. Yeah, that's the real test if they lose. <laughs> um, but uh, what we're going to do uh, to close out our time today is we're going to have some food. There's some awesome snacks over here on the tables. All of our group leaders, you guys can head over to your tables back there. Mm-hmm. And that's Katie. Uh, and so um, we're going to, you guys are going to get the opportunity to connect with our group leaders, ask them about their small group, when they're meeting, what they're doing, their heart. We have men's groups, we have women's groups, we have all access groups. Um, so anything for anyone. Um, and there's awesome food. Even if you're already in a group or whatever, grab food, hang out. We have cornhole over here. You guys can play cornhole, do whatever you want to do. Um, And so we want to just celebrate together, enjoy community with one another. And I'm just going to speak a blessing over you guys. Can everybody just stand up with me? I just want to speak this blessing, pray this blessing over you all. Lord Jesus, thank you, God, for this incredible group of men and women. Lord, thank you, God, for their hearts after you. Lord, that they're pursuing you. Lord Jesus, I just pray a blessing, blessing over them, God. May your favor rest upon them, God. May you smile upon them, Jesus. Lord God, I pray every area of their life, Lord, their family, marriage, relationships, uh, their kids, their work relationships, God, their friends, Lord, whether they're in school or whatever they're doing, Lord, I pray your favor, your blessing upon them, God. I pray you draw their attention to you, pour out your life, your joy, Uh, the the fullness of joy, pleasures forevermore that come from your presence. God, you are our portion. You are our inheritance, God. And we thank you that you are good and every good thing comes from you. So we open up our hearts to you and we receive from your goodness. Lord, we love you. We celebrate you today. You are good. All glory and honor, praise. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Go celebrate, have fun. Love you guys.